0: Rare Petro content subscribers, welcome to our first ever periodical podcast where we are going to discuss the content of this week's periodical titled Post-COVID Global Oil Demand Series Part 4, Global Oil Demand. We just released this this past Wednesday.
1: Yeah, right back on July
0: 1st. Some of you guys may recognize my voice from our monthly Basin Breakdown podcast, but for those of you who don't know who I am, my name's Kevin. And I'm Tavis. Tavis. And we're pretty dang excited to be able to produce this podcast for our valued subscribers. That's right. I mean,
1: speaking of which, Kevin's worked pretty hard on these lately. So make sure you head over to the website at rarepetro.com and the LinkedIn page. Subscribe to all of that so you can stay up to date on all the
0: things happening in oil and gas. Let's get into it. As I'm sure all of you know, the petroleum industry is at the heart of the global progress machine as hydrocarbons are the fuel for the global energy system. Unfortunately, a global pandemic upended all aspects of society, and the oil and gas industry was no different. The coronavirus has caused global demand disruption for hydrocarbon consumption, and recovery will occur at different rates throughout the various sectors of the economy. As economic recovery resumes, the demand for hydrocarbons will begin to rapidly rise and quickly surpass pre-pandemic levels. Oil and gas is used in almost every industry and creates countless products that ease our way of life. From gasoline to battery parts, modern society cannot properly function without hydrocarbons. As the world begins to reopen and a new age is ushered in, the fuel needed to run economies will continue to be essential, but the breakdown of that consumption may start to change.
1: Now that we have been given a little bit of background, let's talk about the breakdown of global oil demand. Hydrocarbons are the largest global energy source, and demand has been growing rapidly over the past decade. Petroleum products are used to make consumables like plastics, polyurethane, solvents, and hundreds of other intermediate and end-user goods. These goods help build roads, produce electricity, heat buildings, and propel vehicles. Without this essential resource, developed society would not be what it is today, and it would be far more difficult for emerging economies to advance. The lion's share of global oil demand is used to fuel cars and trucks all over the world, as the global transportation sector alone currently accounts for upwards of 60% of global oil demand, followed by jet fuel consuming 10%, asphalt at 3%, and petrochemicals and other petroleum products accounting for that final 17%. The demand for crude oil has steadily increased from 2009 through the end of 2019. At the start of 2020, crude oil demand was still at all-time highs, topping out at about 101 million barrels per day. This growth phenomena would have extended back to 2006 if not for the Great Recession between December of 2007 through June of 2009. Global oil demand declined for several years during this period, but a similar trend will not be experienced as the world exits the current crisis. Levels for crude oil demand in the first half of 2020 are down significantly from the 2019 end of year highs, but will quickly recover through the end of 2020 and into 2021. But Kevin, you did the research for this
0: periodical. Why is that? Honestly, Tavis, the answer is pretty simple. It's just a duration factor. The Great Recession lasted almost two full years, and it took about the same amount of time to recover. Now that we're already seeing the world start to recover from the current crisis, you know, several months later, we're predicting that the rebound in demand is only going to take a few months. But what about this second wave? Is that something that's going to throw everything off
1: again, or do you think we're just going to cruise right through?
0: I definitely think this second wave is going to throw some things into you know a bit of a tailspin, but I don't think it's going to you know totally upend global oil demand like it did the first time. I mean, if you're looking at numbers, I really think the only place it's going to get reshut down is you know here in the United States. But and obviously, you know, United States accounts for 20% of global oil demand. That's going to take a big chunk out, but. I don't think it's going to last, you know, a couple years. You know, it it might push our estimates off, you know, a few more months, but nothing significant. Nothing like the Great Recession. No. Back in April, during the peak of the pandemic, global oil demand was down nearly 22% from its record highs from the end of 2019. According to the June release of the U.S. Energy Information Administration's short-term energy outlook, man, that's a tongue twister. Global oil demand reached 101.86 million barrels per day in December of 2019. But by April of 2020, that value had dropped to a mere 79.15 million barrels per day. The demand destruction was due to economies and societies worldwide completely shutting down to stop the spread of the virus. Travel restrictions, canceled events, and lockdown orders forced individuals to shelter in place for months, causing global oil demand to plummet. While the timeline for a return to record high levels of oil demand remains uncertain, one fact remains clear. Current society was built by hydrocarbons. In order to maintain this progress, demand for oil and gas must continue to rise well into the future.
1: And that's something that, I mean, I can already see with China right now, which, you know, could break into a whole slew of different topics. But as soon as they've come back online, what, they're consuming just so much oil already.
0: Oh, absolutely, and 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 that's what we're going to see here in the United States. We're already starting to see that, and and that's kind of what our projections are based on. You know, we've seen a huge dip in demand and, and a quick uptick, and we just think that that recovery is just going to be pretty rapid. Now that we have broken down global oil demand, let's dive into one major consumption sector: petrochemicals and construction materials. Petrochemicals, or chemicals derived from petroleum or natural gas play a major part in today's economy as demand for synthetic materials continue to grow. Petrochemicals are used to manufacture thousands of different products people use in their daily lives including plastics, medicines, and medical equipment, cosmetics, clothing, furniture, appliances, electronics, tires, solar panels, heck even wind turbines. Additionally, the materials to build roads for transportation as well as roofing materials For the fabrication of our homes are only possible with products created from the oil and gas industry. In fact, almost all products used in road construction and roofing are byproducts of crude oil. According to a global data analytics firm, Statista, petrochemicals accounted for 14.38% of global oil demand back in 2017. Demand for synthetic materials and plastics has risen over the years and will continue to rise well into the future. In fact, the EIA predicts the growth in demand for these products means that petrochemicals are set to account for over one-third of global oil demand by 2030 and nearly half by 2050 ahead of trucks, aviation, and shipping. And it blows my mind every
1: time. I know demand is decreased primarily because of transportation, more on that later, but that list at the top, how you can just go for days saying what it's all involved in. People want an increased quality of life and then argue like this is something we should work to get rid of
0: i i I totally get what you're saying tavis but the thing that people got to realize is there's so many things in our day-to-day lives that are made from petrochemicals i mean the shoes that you wear unless you're wearing perfectly leather shoes they've got oil and gas in them um even bits inside of your phone have petrochemicals in those i mean even people that suggest you know oh we got to go all electric vehicles guess what A lot of that comes from oil and gas, those petrochemicals that we were just discussing.
1: While it is difficult to obtain an exact value of oil consumption used for all construction materials, it is logical that growth in the transportation sector will continue to support this industry. Construction and repairs needed to maintain the hundreds and thousands of miles of global roadways make up just over 3% of global consumption and will not be decreasing in the years to come. Construction growth will be on an aggregate scale since roads are a shared asset. Compared to the larger per capita growth expected in the petrochemical sector, there will be continued oil demand for both products in the foreseeable future. Obviously, there was a drop in demand at the peak of the pandemic for petrochemicals and construction materials due to the reduced essential activity, but this sector will quickly pick up and return to pre-pandemic levels by the end of the year. Looking forward, the energy used to manufacture and build daily staples to meet the quality of life expected in society, will only continue to expand.
0: I've got a question for you, Tavis, here. Trivia question. How expensive do you think a pack of N95 masks are right now? Right now, like just, what, retail price? Yeah, retail price. Uh, With price hikes, I don't know, $35? So a pack of 50 N95 masks is currently retailing for $130.
1: Gotta love price gouging.
0: Yeah, so does that, to you, make you think that maybe, you know, the the demand for petrochemicals is up a little bit? I mean, petrochemicals are needed to make those masks. That and hospital materials. I mean, we're already short on ventilators and other things, PPE.
1: The demand is down, but we do need this oil and gas to
0: produce the products that are so necessary to to fight this pandemic. Exactly, And, and in addition to that, you know, We have hundreds of thousands of miles of roads worldwide. You know, we might not be building new roads every year, but, you know, potholes, cracks, et cetera, et cetera, those still need to be repaired. So does it make sense that the construction industry is at the very least going to continue its demand after this pandemic? Oh, yeah, of course. And it's just,
1: I, I know a lot of people argue for free of oil and gas, free of all fossil fuels by 2030, 2050. But it's so heavily integrated in the way that we live and the comfort that we expect
0: that I would be really surprised if we reach that benchmark. Now let's check out how consumption in the freight transport sector will change in the future. Freight transport is the process of transporting commodities, goods, and cargo by land, sea, or air. Not surprisingly, fuel to power the vehicles carrying these items comes from the oil and gas industry. While the onset of COVID-19 may have frozen some freight shipping between nations temporarily, it did not diminish the importance of maintaining supply chains to provide consumers with essential goods and services. Food and grocery stores, home building supplies, toilet paper, cleaning products, protective masks, online shopping orders, countless other items are still needed to be packaged and transported around the world to reach the end consumer. I'm sure, Tavis, it's no surprise to you that e-commerce shipments rose over 40% during the pandemic as customers were unable to obtain goods in person from stores around the world. Now that many stores are opening back up, online orders have hardly dipped. The result is compounded demand growth, ensuring the need for commercial trucking will not stop and demand will continue to grow well into the future, regardless of social distancing or lockdowns. Additionally, reduced air freight capacity and surging freight costs caused air freight levels to take a brutal blow during the pandemic. Only essential items like medical supplies and PPE were being shipped. But if public concern for health and safety remains high, PPE will continue to command the lion's share of air freight capacity until passenger flights pick back up and increased cargo space reduces soaring prices. Once it becomes becomes economic to again ship other goods by air, fuel demand for air freight will return to pre-pandemic levels. But why are those rates so high right
1: now? I understand there's a decrease in fuel demand overall, but is that all that's played into it?
0: Well, not quite. Did you know that 50% of air freight travels in passenger airlines, and that number actually increases to about 80% for international travel. So the reason we're seeing these soaring prices is, You know, with all of these lockdown orders, you know, airlines are getting rid of flights to all these places, so there's just nowhere to put this cargo. So, when you say
1: 50%, I just want to clarify, partially for myself as well, 50% of cargo transported around the country, domestically in the United States, goes with me when I go to visit my nana in Florida. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what that means. And it goes up to 80% for anyone who's flying across the pond, internationally, anything like
0: that. Exactly. It's going with passengers. You see, I, I, I had no idea about that. I thought it would all be private by this point. Yeah. Some fascinating facts that you can find when you're in quarantine and, you know, browsing <laughs> the internet.
1: All the foregone air freight created an immense backlog of orders that will propel other areas of the shipping industry to new heights. Until air travel allows for economic shipping at a high volume, which, as we just talked about, we are not at, new cargo opportunities have presented themselves for shipping vessels. Sea-based cargo shipments were hard hit due to regulations attempting to contain the virus, but demand is quickly picking up as the restrictions ease. While still below historic pre-pandemic levels, sea freight has increased in both container and cargo ships in recent weeks, and demand is expected to grow in the ensuing months and remain elevated for the foreseeable future. The need for freight transportation to supply goods to all people over the world will continue to grow on both an aggregate and per capita basis, regardless of implications from the pandemic. Whether by truck, airplane, or ship, one of the highest consuming areas of oil demand is fuel for freight transport. Although temporarily stunted during the pandemic, future consumption will rise to new highs as the world changes its purchasing preferences and delivery options in the new age. Yeah. And this, this makes total sense. Like you said, it's not only going to rise on an aggregate level, but per capita as well. I mean, everyone's consuming, we're going to consume more and websites like Amazon make it easier, but then it's a matter of how are we moving it, especially in a time like now?
0: Yeah, absolutely. All those increased Amazon orders, you know, how are they getting to your front door? You know, it's that that's freight shipping, you know, in a truck. Okay. Okay. All those shipments are probably coming from overseas, but chances are they're not being flown in an airplane right now, just because of those massive, massive um, air freight rates. So they're probably being shipped in, you know, a cargo ship, cargo container, something like that. So, as we've said, we expect you know the fuel consumption for trucks, freight to increase, air travel way down because passenger airlines kind of non-existent right now, and shipments for Cargo, you know, fuel demand for that's going to go up.
1: So in general, air, freight, and transportation is going to decrease, and other forms, land and sea, are going to increase to compensate for that decrease. Finally, let's investigate how global oil demand will change in the personal transportation sector as we exit this global pandemic. The transportation sector accounts for the majority of global petroleum consumption. For the United States alone in 2018, Both personal and freight transportation accounted for a staggering 69% of daily petroleum consumption. Looking solely at finished motor gasoline used in personal vehicles, this single petroleum product accounted for 45% of the daily petroleum consumption. Dang. Yeah, that is significant. As we discussed earlier, a further breakdown of personal transportation begins to become more difficult since a large portion of air freight is flown in passenger jets and diesel fuel is used in freight trucks, personal trucks, and buses. Regardless, it is safe to say, personal transportation accounts for the largest majority of petroleum consumption worldwide. Public transportation has been a lifesaver for many cities and citizens worldwide. It alleviates traffic, reduces emissions, and allows people who do not own a car like yours truly, well, one that runs at least, to easily cover distances when walking is not an option. Fortunately, during the pandemic, these services were still provided with reduced hours and route options due to diminished demand. As more and more people begin to need public transportation again, logistic issues will also rise. It will be impossible to enforce social distancing guidelines at peak hours in crowded cities when individuals pack trains and buses like sardines. Due to already stressed budgets and a reduced rider capacity, municipal support in the public transportation sector will begin to decline and fuel demand to run fleet vehicles will fall as well. While it is highly unlikely mass transportation will completely disappear in the future, it will decline until a safer viable alternative can be reached. So, Kevin, public transportation, have you used it before?
0: Of course. Do you use it now? Ah, uh, not right now. Would you? Would you feel pretty safe? I would feel pretty safe, you know, lots, lots of people wearing masks, you know, I I definitely wouldn't be packing into some bus that has, you know, hundreds of people in it. But uh, for the most part, I I feel like personally, I would use it. But honestly, that's not the stigma with most people around the world.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, even outside of using masks, hand sanitizer, I know a lot of people that would not feel comfortable riding on public transport.
0: And if I was to visit them, maybe using public transport, they would not be pleased. So, a majority of individuals displaced by reduced rider capacity and route options for public transportation will end up resorting to travel by personal vehicle. Whether it be by car, truck, SUV, or motorcycle, as the world moves out of the pandemic, more and more people will begin to prioritize this method of transportation. Remote working and learning might become the new normal, resulting in fewer cars on the road from individuals that used to commute, but the decrease by remote workers will be dwarfed in comparison to the number of individuals no longer using public transportation. Furthermore, some people may fear carpooling and choose to drive alone to avoid getting sick. Taking into account the inevitable increase in global population, more personal vehicles will be on the streets compounding in an increase in gasoline consumption worldwide into the foreseeable future. Tavis, I know your car's kind of on the on in the, the roads. fridge right now, <laughs> <Yep>. but um <laughs> uh obviously you've used your car before Mm -hmm. yes planning on using it in the future i would love to feel plenty safe taking that thing to the grocery store yeah easily i wouldn't feel bad using my own personal vehicle yeah and i think that's really kind of everyone's stigma you know I, i i have this car i getting in it driving from place to place if it's just me in there there's really no fear of getting sick so that's why we really see um this level accounting for such a big increase in demand you know in the very least in the months after the pandemic and potentially well into the future if people kind of get stuck in their ways, if you will.
1: And so that works for you and I, but what does that mean for people living in states like New York where public transportation is a lot of people's
0: primary way to get around town? I mean, this is one of those places where if you checked out our previous periodical on you know public transportation, you'd be able to dive into a little bit more depth on this, but as we said in that periodical, uh, I think estimates were 75% of commuters into Manhattan took public transportation. As these places you know, start to open up, phase one, phase two, phase three, more and more people are going to be needing to use public transportation. But with strict social distancing guidelines, it's going to be impossible. And chances are they're going to have to resort to personal transportation. The airline industry has been through many ups and downs, but the current level of reduced demand for air travel is unprecedented. Globally, airlines were forced to cut over half of their flight options during the peak of the pandemic in April as a result of nearly zero air passenger travel demand. While this demand is slowly on the rise, experts do not expect a full recovery in air travel for several years. Even though it's not the largest petroleum-consuming sector, the result will leave millions of barrels of daily oil demand off the table for the next few years. That's a pretty crazy number. Oh yeah, that that's a whole lot. Just to give you an idea of how dramatic that drop was, globally ridership dropped 97% at the peak of the pandemic. 97, 97, 97. So it it makes sense that you know, those levels are slowly on the rise, but you know, to recover 97%, it's going to take some time.
1: Oh, it's going to take a little bit too. And it's unfortunate because that only works its way all the way through the petroleum supply chain. And I mean, even I think it was a month and a half ago, refineries go, okay, it's reached us now. We can't do anything. We've got nowhere to put this feedstock, this gasoline, and nobody wants it. So start to close there too. You can see how it's all tied together.
0: While the coronavirus pandemic may have slowed the movement of people in the short term, it will not eliminate transportation in the future. The fuels to transport humanity around the world are created from oil and natural gas, and usage decline in public transport and air transportation will be offset by personal vehicle sector. As a result, the overall aggregate demand for personal transportation will remain at an approximate neutral level on the global scale into the future. In closing...
1: The decade's start has been quite the whirlwind. The year started bumpy with Australian wildfires, threats of war after military actions, and impeachment trials for the President of the United States. Then things began to get crazy with the emergence of a pandemic shutting down societies and economies worldwide. It is only July, and the world has already been through a gauntlet in the first half of 2020. As the world begins to recover, rebuild, and reopen from the global pandemic, a new age will be
0: ushered in. A post-pandemic normal. The coronavirus has caused global demand destruction for hydrocarbon consumption, and recovery will occur at different rates throughout various sectors of the economy. Data shows that world crude oil demand for the first quarter of 2020 declined by the largest volume in history, even exceeding declines during the 2009 financial crisis. As economic recovery resumes, the demand for hydrocarbons will begin to rise and quickly surpass pre-pandemic levels. People around the world will still need plastics for their daily activities, roads and vehicles to travel from place to place, goods and services provided by and shipped with hydrocarbons, and other consumables derived from crude oil. Rare Petro is predicting global oil demand will surpass 2019 levels by the start of the fourth quarter in 2021, meaning that in just one year, global demand will surpass levels experienced before the coronavirus. Our analysis is slightly more aggressive and we predict this milestone will be reached several months prior than the leading experts. With additional information on recent demand gains and the easing of lockdown orders, we confidently estimate a recovery to occur before December of 2021. Additionally, before the global pandemic, the outlook for long-term demand released by Statista estimated the total global demand for oil will amount to nearly 140 million barrels per day by the year 2024. While that next great milestone may be delayed slightly due to the pandemic, demand must still increase dramatically in the near future in order to achieve that level of growth. Our estimates show an increased petrochemical demand for the fabrication of plastics and protective masks, continued need for construction materials to build houses and maintain roads, and a neutral growth in personal transportation overall. Oil and gas are used in almost every industry and create countless products that ease our way of life. From gasoline to Tupperware, the world cannot function without hydrocarbons, and they will continue to play a significant role in the global energy system. Bottom line is, once the world recovers from the pandemic, a high demand for hydrocarbons will continue to build and fuel the human race. Progress may have temporarily slowed, but human resilience will manifest from these trying times to build a better post-COVID society.
1: Thanks for tuning in. I hope you learned a little bit, or at least thought about a few things that maybe hadn't crossed your mind before. Anyway, we will be releasing a piece similar to this once every week, so please leave us comments on how to improve this podcast in the weeks to come, because we are doing it for you. Instead of listening to this, you can also read the periodical and look at all the figures and additional data on the website at rarepetro.com. So both of those formats are great. One's easier for commuting and one's easier for really diving into the details because I know Kevin worked very hard organizing all that information and it's some pretty cool stuff. Please, like we mentioned, please go to LinkedIn, ribpetro.com, follow the content, stay in the know, and then we'll see you next time. Ciao.